Part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I am your host for the week, Matt Cooper. I'm here with my co-host, uh, a guest, I guess, if you will, Mr. Matt Hicks himself, the man, the myth, the boss. How you doing, Matt Hicks? Three for three on the feed this week, man. We did the Rookie Big Board. <laughs> I was pinch hitting on the Dynasty Big Board, and and here we are with the Devi with the Devi Big Board. So I'm loving it, man. It feels like a really holistic week. I, I'm excited to talk about this side of things. Yeah, absolutely. So Skip, unfortunately, is sick. Get well soon, Skip Newton. Uh, but we got Matt Hicks pinch hitting for us. Uh, so on today's show, we are going to be discussing both Debbie and Dynasty players and doing a little bit of a listener mailbag later on in the show. Uh, but before we get into it, I want to talk to you guys about the ridiculous value of being a rookie big board patron. Rookie big board patrons have access to the Dynasty and Devi big board and consensus crew rankings the 2024 Rookie Big Board, 2023 Seasonal Projections, and full access to the RBB Discord. You can join our growing community at patreon.com slash rookiebigboard for just $5 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is cheaper than what my family paid in stamps for Christmas cards at the post office this week. Ouch. So... I believe that. Yeah. It always shocks me how much it costs to like just send pieces of paper. I know. Like the individual stamp is so cheap, but then when you're doing like a couple hundo of them, it's like, wow, this is this is not cheap. So you got, anyway. You got like the family photo of you all in your sweaters in, in the field. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when you do full-time ministry, you have a long list of people to send Christmas cards to because all the people get that financially support and everything. So, and people that have been in your ministry in years past, it's, it's a lot of Christmas cards we send out. So, uh, but enough of that. So let's get into it first. Uh, let's hit on some Devi players that stood out to us in the week and really the big primetime matchup that uh, really there's two big primetime matchups and we'll hit both of them. But the first of those Alabama versus LSU, uh, Jaden Daniels was somebody that I know I've heard you talk about a number of times. He looked fantastic this week, quarterback LSU. So I want to ask you, is he a round one quarterback? It feels kind of spicy to say, doesn't it? But, uh, you know, I think there's a legitimate chance he is. And there's a few factors that play into this, but, you know, as somebody who has been, Perhaps the original Jaden uh, Davis uh, Daniels truther, like back to, you know, true freshman at Arizona State. It feels really good to be at this point, uh, specifically because his progression in the pocket this year is one of the biggest leaps I've seen. You know, year two in this mm -hmm. Brian Kelly offense has really just been a night and day for, for Jaden Daniels. You know, he's comfortable in the pocket. He feels pressure well. Uh, the the footwork is there. The anticipation is nothing like we've seen from Jaden Daniels before. So he's checking a ton of boxes as a passer, and his his next level athleticism almost feels a, a secondary complementary trait at this point, which is exactly where you want to get your mobile quarterbacks to. So 
that's the first part of things. The other reason I think he could be around one quarterback now is, you know, after after uh, what I would call the big three, which is Caleb, Drake, and JJ. And I know, you know, uh, <laughs> Skip's not here, so we don't have to get into the JJ McCarthy debate, right? I think that there's enough demand for a fourth quarterback. I think it's time to seriously start thinking about Quinn Ewers as going back. Um, and I don't expect Shador Sanders to declare. So I think that leaves it down to Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix as, as that first round, you know, first senior off the board type discussion. And right now my money would be on Daniels. Is is that kind of what you're feeling here? Yeah. I mean, I really like Bo Nix a lot too. Um, but I, I think Jaden Daniels, I agree with everything that you said. He's progressed so much, which, you know, intangible matters. Intangibles oh, yeah. matter. Brandon Lejeune says that on his show all the time. And, so to see a guy really take these leaps and bounds as a passer, that shows work ethic. You know, it's like that's one of those things that can be hard to quantify when we're studying prospects. And obviously part of it is he's been around for a really long time, so he's had a lot of time to work on his stuff and he's had a lot of time to improve. But he he looks way, way better as a passer, like you said. And the, the legs, I mean, let's just talk about that for a second because we can throw mobility around, but he has elite – mobility i mean there were multiple plays in this one where there was nothing there nobody was open pressures coming and not only does he like escape it and get his 10 yards and get out of bounds but he's breaking off these like 40 plus yard game breaking runs that's exactly what you want for your fantasy team so i mean i mean even just right now look at anthony richardson versus cj stroud like who was scoring more fantasy points earlier on in the season it was anthony richardson who's the better real life quarterback it's probably pretty easily C.J. Stroud. So we know what kind of a difference the legs can make from a fantasy perspective, and Jaden Daniels has that in spades. So if he does get that first-round draft capital, he's a guy that you have to be very, very interested in from a fantasy perspective. And I think he can probably still be bought for relatively cheap in Debbie Leagues right now. So if you think he really is going to be a first-round pick, most people aren't viewing him that way yet. So get ahead of the curve. Go put in some offers on – Jaden Daniels. Yeah. And if you want to, just one more quick point, you know, you talk about intangibles and one thing that I think hasn't really been talked about in his story enough is he transferred from the Arizona state program that was in disarray, you know, for a variety of factors under Herm Edwards, Mm -hmm. he transferred to LSU. He transferred up. And at that point in time, everybody left him for dead, dude. Everybody said he was a toast decision. He was going to get beat out by Garrett Nussmeyer, who's a great, recruit at the quarterback position and he beat out Nussmeyer uh and you saw when he went down with the the concussion that should have been a targeting call uh the the offense fell apart without him so he is he is the heartbeat of this team and he's a competitor I mean he stepped up to win that job after winning the starting quarterback job at Arizona State as a true freshman right so I think that's something he doesn't get enough credit for yeah absolutely I remember you know speaking of leaving him for dead I had him on a, I took over an orphan, so he was already on the roster, and like I couldn't pay somebody to take him off my roster, <laughs> you know. And sometimes the best trades are the ones that you don't make, and it's like, yeah. okay, now he's still hanging around on my roster, and now I feel great about that. So, uh, yeah, moving right along, his teammate, wide receiver Malik Neighbors. Now we know who he is, so we don't need to spend a ton of time talking about it. But man, he looked incredible this week. Is he your locked-in wide receiver too? He is my wide receiver too, and I've been spending uh, a lot of time the past week, week and a half in the in the film room here, 
uh, chopping up wide receivers. There's 15 wide receiver evaluations, full draft evaluations now on the rookie big board. And Malik Neighbors is the wide receiver too. But man, I can't call it locked in because I, I like Keon Coleman a ton. I You know I like Troy Franklin a ton. He's right up there. Mm-hmm. And, and my man, I just finished my Xavier Leggett review. <laughs> we got five guys. I haven't even gotten to Amika Igbuki yet. Like, I think there's five or six guys, you know, that are legitimately in the conversation for wide receiver two. So what it's going to come down for me uh, is, is going to be landing spot. And I don't say that, you know, just as, you know, oh, landing spot matters. It's going to be plugging in that year one volume, right? Because we know how that swings mm-hmm. value. But in terms of, of right now, it is Malik Neighbors, but man, it's nothing on Neighbors. There's just so much talent in this class. Yeah, it's a loaded wide receiver class. I'm really excited about it. But for me, he is pretty locked in. I mean, I I just I think in a lot of classes, if Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't exist, he would be the locked in wide receiver one, and he'd be a good wide receiver one for a draft class because he's I'm that talented. Good. Yeah, he's got ideal size, six foot, two hundred pounds. He's really shifty in and out of his breaks. He's a great route runner. I mean, the late hands that he that one catch down the sideline this week where he mm-hmm. he the late hands and then the body control to get his feet in bounds. And it was like real time, you're like, no way he was in bounds. And then you watch the replay and you're like, holy cow, I can't believe he caught that and got his feet. I think in they bound. said it. I think the broadcast said that, like, no way he's in bound. You know, yeah, and then, and then, and then, then he, and he yeah. was. So it was it was this crazy concentration thing where he's like stretching to the outside to get the ball, but his feet are going to the inside. And anyway, so he's, he's the full package and I think he's locked into high draft capital. I think he's got all the traits that you're looking for. And I'm really, really excited about Malik neighbors. I think in some ways he's even underrated because he's being overshadowed by Marvin Harrison jr. But he's, he's an elite wide receiver prospect. Mm -hmm. So uh, real briefly on the other side, Alabama, Quarterback Jalen Milrow and running back Jace McClellan. Any interest in either of these guys from a Debbie perspective? I know they're names that have kind of been around for a while and and they had good games this week. Are, are you in or out on those guys? You know, for me, Milrow, I think if you have him on your Debbie team, this is when I'd be looking to sell. I'm just not sure. Like, he's not going to go with the draft this year, right? So we're talking 2025. Mm-hmm. In, to be honest with you, man, would it shock you if Alabama went to the portal to find a, a quarterback? a different quarterback to run this offense. Like this isn't the way Alabama likes to run their offense. So I don't, I see a cliff in Jalen Milrose future. The cliff could come at the end of this year. Uh, Obviously the athleticism is fantastic, but he's just not Mm -hmm. there as a passer right now. Um, Jace McClellan, you know, he's hanging around in that, you know, just that kind of running back tier three of this class you know maybe Mm -hmm. he could sneak into late day two probably day three but for me he's kind of feeling and i haven't put him under the full film review so you know maybe my my mind will change but from live watch this year just kind of a little disappointed in terms of what i wanted to see i think he can be a guy who hangs around the nfl for a while but i'm not sure that he has that you know difference making trait at least i haven't seen from live watch on him yet yeah, he seems kind of like a jag to me. I would, I would yeah, agree. With yeah, you. a little jag, a little jaggy, maybe jag. Guy, not, not, a, no disrespect. Just, I don't see a lot of elite traits there to get excited about. Uh, and and Milrow, I, I agree with you. Even this week, where he put up four rushing touchdowns and it's this monster statistical performance. I was cutting up his game all twenty-two for the the Dynasty Nerds film room, 
yesterday, I think it was, and there was just so many wildly inaccurate throws, even in this one. So the only path for Jalen Milrow is to like hang around for a really long time, like a Jaden Daniels, because he just needs a lot of development. Uh, There are some raw tools there, but he's not a guy at this point that I think of as a serious Debbie quarterback. So let's move along to the other primetime game here. Washington versus USC. Absolute barn burner, 52-42. Total shootout, no defense on either side. And let's just talk about the two quarterbacks. So first, obviously, Caleb Williams. Is he still? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about him on the Bird app lately. The old Twitter, you know some controversy you know is he did he have some bad interviews are people reading too much into things that he said in his interviews he had the one bad game against notre dame but people it sure seems like people hit the panic button pretty quick on a guy that we were like in love with a few weeks ago is he still your locked in qb1 yeah he's still qb1 for me right now you know i i think what what's getting lost maybe in the discourse a little bit around Caleb Williams quarterback one, Drake May quarterback two, is, is I just think it's that Drake May is progressing forward. And that's where I see the gap closing. Like I haven't dropped Caleb Williams at all. Um, and quarterback is up next in the film review. So the quarterback draft evaluations, that's what you'll start seeing mm-hmm. coming in next year for the rookie big board patrons. So that'll be a, a really fun one to watch. And I don't always start at the top, but I think I will start with Caleb and, and Drake at the top for this one. But yeah. for me, you know, it, it's the conversation's much more about Drake may the footwork is improved. The mechanics have improved. I think that's improved his accuracy. His decision-making seems improved. Um, so I think that's where the discourse is. And it's not that we're knocking Caleb at all. Um, has he looked as good this year as last year? No. Uh, are there factors outside of his control that contribute to that? Yeah. So it'll be an interesting one, but this is what we do, right? We, when we have an elite, a very high level quarterback prospect, we put him under the microscope for four to six months and we Mm -hmm. chew him apart. Right. And then we come out on the other side, he goes number one overall. We all love him. He's a first round dynasty. (laughs) You know, this is, this is what we do every single year. Yeah, and I think the traits that you see on Caleb Williams' tape, you can't deny it. Like, he just does things that other people can't do. He's He's got special, special abilities, and there are some flaws, and just like there would be with any prospect. I think the one big concern for me with Caleb Williams, uh, and they show the stat during the game sometimes, is he leads the – he leads all college quarterbacks, I believe, in – longest amount of time holding the ball before release right so he you know and some of that is is the attempts to play hero ball and the scrambling around he can make real magic happen doing that but that kind of doesn't bode well like quarterbacks that hold the ball too long and don't make the quick read and get the ball out of their hands on the nfl level and we've seen it with justin fields right like it can just cause major, major problems where you're just getting sacked, sacked, sacked. And it's not on the offensive line. It's on you for holding the ball too long, and you just got to process quicker. But there's even a, a a phrase that we use in ministry that I think applies here. We talk about the good-bad split, how we tend to go all good or all bad on someone uh, based on our experiences with them. Like they're either your hero and you idolize them or everything they do annoys you and you hate hate them. And I think people can kind of get that way. Like we were all good on Caleb Williams a couple weeks ago, and now it's really easy to go all bad on him. But the reality is always somewhere in the middle. 
Right. So, yeah. yeah, I think that that very much applies here. He's still a great quarterback prospect, and I think probably will be QB one pretty easily for me when all is said and done. So, what about on the other side, Michael Penix? I know uh, I've heard you talk about him on your show before how do you think the nfl is going to view this guy because there's some traits on tape to really really like and there's some things that just make me wonder if he's going to get the draft capital and, and honestly they're things that are outside of his control in terms of his age his injury history some of those types of things but what do you think about michael Penix? yeah i think you know he's definitely one of the guys i'm more excited about to put under the microscope get that film eval in on here's the bottom line though it's you know I'm just keeping it at the forefront of my mind with Michael Penix that the draft capital will be hard to get because Mm -hmm. of the extensive injury history. We're talking about two major knee surgeries, right? Multiple upper body injuries. I could be wrong, but I believe this is the only season I'll knock on wood where he's played the full season uh, throughout his college career. So he's, Mm -hmm. he's got an extensive injury history. And, you know, one of the things I talk about all the time, on the rookie big board is, is just so folks, you know, really understand, like when you go to the combine, that is first and foremost, a medical check, right? In a, in a team, if you, if a team checks out your knees and doesn't like your knees, they don't drop you around on their board. They take you off the board, right? Mm-hmm. So there's only X amount of teams that want a quarterback. You know, the ones who have the highest priority are going to take guys in the top 10 that, that leaves, you know, maybe a half dozen teams that would prioritize in the top 50 if half those teams take you off the board, you know, you just start losing draft capital very quickly in that way. So, mm-hmm. you know, with Michael Penix, if you love Michael Penix and, you know, you love that tape, you know, love him as a day two prospect, you know, find the value in him as a day two prospect uh, and don't get too stressed out if he's not going in the top 10 of your favorite analysts, you know, NFL mock draft at this point in time. So that's kind of where I'm at with Michael Penix right now. Just trying to be realistic, not trying to be a downer on it, but uh, that's the injury history matters. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, we looked at Skip and I looked at a trade uh, on here a couple weeks ago that involved uh, Dak Prescott on the NFL side. And then on the college side, you were getting uh, the main piece back was Michael Penix. And it's like, Man, I like Michael Penix a lot, but that's just too much risk for a guy that, yeah. you know, with, with with these variables that, again, are outside of his control but can really, really affect draft capital. And if a guy goes round three, like how excited can you really get about him from a dynasty perspective? We went through the same thing last year with Hendon Hooker. You and I both really liked Hendon Hooker's tape, mm-hmm. but he went round through. What's, what's the path there? I mean, it, it, there's not much of one, so – I think that matters a lot, and I really like Michael Penix, but he's someone that I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go out there and aggressively buy him in my Debbie leagues because you're gonna have to pay a decent amount to get him, and then a few months from now it could be like a total waste of of your assets because he's just buried on a depth chart somewhere. So let's move along, and I want to have a quick 2024 running back discussion because Skip and I have talked about this a lot, but I've not had a chance to talk about it with you. And it's definitely a talking point with this class. It's, you know, it's kind of been viewed as a weaker running back class, especially as the season has gone on. A lot of these top guys have disappointed. So Raheem Sanders, Arkansas running back, came back this week. He he came into the season as the presumed RB1 in the class. It's been a terrible season for him so far. Um, but he came back. He put up over 100 yards. Did you get a chance to watch the game? Where are you at with with Raheem Sanders? 
Yeah, that was Florida, right? Um, yeah. yeah, it's you know, I, I haven't I haven't done the breakdown on this game. Uh for me, you know, the injuries, it's so tough. Cause the thing about Rocket is, you know, he's got some really nice traits and and I liked his summer scouting report or you know, film review, but I don't expect him to be somebody who goes to Indianapolis and blows away the athletic testing. So you kind of need the production, right, to offset mm-hmm. that. Um, and you know, hopefully he finishes the season strong, but with the injuries, I mean, that really was nagging him all the way up until, you know, the first 10 weeks of the season. And, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from his performance, but uh, Ray Davis put up, I think, 300 against Florida's rushing defense. So it's good to see him out there. Um, I think we're just going to need to see it over the the home stretch. It should have three games left, I believe. Uh, So, you know, let's see him do that consistently. And then hopefully he goes through uh, like the senior bowl circuit. And he's somebody who I think is going to need to take advantage of all those extra opportunities. Uh, but I don't think he's in, I don't think he's in the running back one discussion, certainly in the same way he was preseason, whether that's justified or not. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll just transition us into the other half of this Braylon Allen, uh, Travion Henderson conversation is I think you right. could ask probably, you know, five different analysts who their running back one is, and you could get five good arguments, right. For, for who that is. So if you still have rocket as your running back one, I get it. Um, I just don't feel good about that here today in November, but there's time, there's plenty of time before the draft. Yeah. I think a lot of people are probably going to be tempted to just say, okay, it was just all injury and now he's back and he put up over a hundred yards. So I'm just going to stick him right back up there where I had him preseason. I think that's a mistake. I actually, I watched a little bit of that game and he just looked, he didn't look like the same guy as last year. And maybe, you know, he's still not fully healthy. I don't know. He, I think he put on some bad weight. I mean, honestly, coming in at 242, like that was the talking point of the offseason was like, oh, man, he's put on all this weight. And people viewed it almost as a good thing, like, oh, he's rocked up. But you got to be really, really explosive to carry 242 pounds and carry it well and be able to do what a running back has to do at the NFL level. I just don't think Raheem Sanders has that kind of juice. It certainly didn't look like it this Saturday against Florida. And – this is a guy that I think I would be looking to sell my shares off of like, look, he's back and he had a hundred yards. And, you know, I I just, he's not a guy that I really believe in at the next level. And even a lot of his appeal has been, Oh, he's a converted wide receiver. So he's got this receiving skill set. but his best season is 28 catches. That's not fine. He's not got this crazy receiving profile. So um, I'm, I'm not too keen on, on Raheem Sanders right now. I think that's the move. I I really, I think that's a great, I think that's the move, you know, look to sell him, but you probably need the next two weeks. Right. And it's kind of, it's the home stretch. So, you know, who's Arkansas's fake sec rival. You know what I mean? Like they have that one layup game. Every sec team has a layup game in November. So he's probably got some, you know, good games in front of him where you can, you know, just let him rack up 300 yards the next month and then flip them. Yeah, that's a good idea. So um, and then these these other two guys, I mean, Braylon Allen, I know you've been high on him. I've heard him heard on your show say that he's probably going to be your RB1 when all is said and done. Skip and I have some pretty big concerns about him. I really just think he's – like I studied the All-22 this week on him, actually. It hasn't been uploaded to the Dynasty Nerds film room, but I was cutting it, so I was watching it as I was cutting it. And it was – there were some pass protection concerns that I was not even 
like I had concerns about him as a runner. Now you add in like he was getting dominated in pass protection over and over and over again. It's like maybe that's why Chesma Lucy was like out touching him early in the season because they didn't trust him in pass pro situations. So I've got some major concerns about Braylon Allen. And to me, Travion Henderson is like far and away my my top running back in the class. I don't think it's particularly close, but for the sake of time, we'll move on. It'll be an interesting discussion moving forward. But these are three guys that were really, really expensive going into the season. And uh, two of them I'm, I'm pretty down on. So let's move on. And we're going to get into our listener mailbag in just a minute. And we'll talk about that for the rest of the show. But first, I want to make sure that you guys know that the Rookie Big Board is now partnered with Underdog Fantasy Football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. You can play pick'em contests for all sports and win three times your bet on a two-for-two or more. They have free plays all the time where they're throwing out like, oh, you know, this guy's only got to get half a point in a basketball game, and it's just it's a freebie, and so then you only got to get one other one right. So it's, it's great. Be sure to check it out. You can join us by using the promo code RBB. It will get a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. So let's get right into the listener mailbag here, Matt. The first question we have, uh, and I forget who asked it. I should have put that on the show sheet. Um, But what are your thoughts on any quarterbacks past the main four, Ewers, May, Williams, and JJ for 2024? Pulled it from the Discord here. It was was Raza Delta that asked that. Okay, great. So Raza Delta, we got you here. We've already talked a good bit about this, so we probably won't spend a ton of time here because we talked Daniels, we talked Knicks, we talked Penix. Um, I will say for me, yours isn't even in my main four. Uh, so, so like your your main four would be different than my main four. I, I I'm pretty low on Quinn Ewers. I think he'd be smart to go back to college. Um, I but for will. me, I think he's going to return at this point, which will which will be really interesting in terms of spring camp. Yeah, with year. Arch Manning and all of this stuff. Yeah. So Ooh. for me, like I would take Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, Nicks. maybe yeah. even Penix above Ewers at this point. So, um, but we've probably talked enough about, I mean, just covered, covered this question really earlier on in the show. So just, just to, I'll just throw a couple like day, you know, late day two, day three type guys. I do think Sam Hartman will be a good game manager in the NFL. Uh, The NFL, I I'm here in the NFL, like Spencer Rattler more than you think the NFL is going to like Spencer Rattler. So don't be shocked if he still goes day two. Um, and I think Carson Beckman, if he keeps this up, I think he probably, uh, returns for 2015 or 2025. Um, but I think if Carson Beck keeps this up, he could be uh, a day two, possibly even top 50 prospects. So just a, just a couple names to throw into the mix there. Yeah. I really like Carson Beck. We talked about that on the show last week. I think, especially with him playing for Georgia and getting those extra opportunities, on the national stage, in the college football playoff, with the whole nation watching, and certainly with scouts watching. It like, matters. If, if he goes in there and balls out, that can really help his draft stock a lot. So, yeah. second question here, what are some freshman players that you have been most impressed with and would buy now? I think this was also from Raza Delta. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm pulling up the 2026 board here, if you want to go first. Yeah, so, I mean, I think an obvious one is Zachariah Branch. I knew Uh, you were going to say Branch. He's just like, how do you not be – and he's hard to buy, but, like, who have I been impressed with? It's Zachariah Branch, man. That guy, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's just different. 
Like yeah. people cannot keep up with him. He's got different gears than everybody else. And even when you look at like Campus to Canton's year one zero model, it's like if you clear even one of the thresholds, it helps your chances a lot. But if you clear four or more, the hit rate is even higher. And there's very, very few guys that have hit all eight. And I think he's already approaching having hit all eight of those thresholds. So he's just, he does it all kick return, punt return, receiver, you know, ru- rushing it out of the backfield. And I think he's going to be a, a freaking stud. So he's one that's impressed me a ton. What about you, Matt? I would say sticking at wide receiver Carnell Tate. You know, I know yeah. you and Skip talked a lot about Carnell Tate back in spring ball. So hopefully folks were listening at that point in time. But he's looked good, man. I mean, he's passed the eye test in terms of when he got action, especially when Omika Buka was out. Um, but just the fact that you're producing at all as a true freshman, you're mm-hmm. seeing the field at all as a true freshman in the Ohio State offense. Like, it's good, but it, we're seeing good hands, man. He, he's playing smooth. So, you know, he he and Branch are the two guys that did rise the most in the Debbie Big Board rankings over the course of, of the start of the season. Um, you know, I'll throw Nicholas Harbor in there. Uh, Nicholas Harbor is like, if you haven't heard of him, dude, he's like, uh, I know you have Cooper, but if our listeners haven't heard of him, he is like the most fun guy. So he's six, five. He was originally recruited. Uh, he was recruited as an athlete, but everybody just assumed he was going to play, uh, edge. Cause he's six, five, what two forty, I think. Right. Um, and he just wanted to play wide receiver. So South Carolina has been playing him at wide receiver and, the thing that you have to do sometimes with freshmen is you have to kind of just take what you can see, right? Take some pops, take some flashes, start to project forward a little bit. And he's he's had some really big plays. And you have to think mm-hmm. heading into next year when Xavier Leggett is gone, when Juice Wells, I think, is going to run out of eligibility. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be like Nicholas Harbor, the 6'5", 240-pound wide receiver tight end hybrid, just Mm-hmm. chewing it up for South Carolina. So those those are two names for you. Yeah, I'll throw out C.J. Baxter. Um, he's in a committee right now with Jonathan Brooks where he's kind of the second option for them. But, he, I mean, he just broke off a huge run this week, and he looks good to me with the eye test. Um, and then a couple under-the-radar freshmen that these weren't guys that even probably went in a lot of your Debbie leagues unless they were deeper. Um, Casey Concepcion at NC State. And mm-hmm. Eugene Wilson at Florida, those guys. Yeah, Wilson's been good. Wilson's they are been really balling good. out. I mean, they're the they're the best wide receivers on their team already as true freshmen. They're go to guys, target hogs, and so I think you know in a couple of years, they're guys that are going to be very much in the conversation. Their their college production profile is going to look incredible, and they've already put some traits on tape as true freshmen. So those are names you want to monitor as well for sure. So let's move on to the next question. And this one came from our friend. Um, oh, gosh. Patty. It came from Patty. PP275MAD. PP275MAD. And he says, thoughts on Nick Singleton? I think he was a five-star coming out of high school. I didn't watch him last year, but I've watched quite a few games this year. I'm not seeing it. The games that I have watched, he looks completely uninspired. Am I missing something? Is it something with Penn State? Most people that I listen to say that he's one of the top, if not the top running back in 2025. What am I missing? Matt Hicks, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, so I, I did I did a, a lightning Nick Singleton film review before this, for this question, because, 
you know, I've been I've been seeing Nick Singleton live, and so I, I just watched a few games of him. Um, you know, some some quick notes from what I picked up on. You know, you do still see good short area quickness. I think he is still elusive in tight space. So working in between the tackles, I, I do think there's plenty to like. Uh, getting into the second level, you, you see some good vision. You see some good burst into the second level of the field. And you could still see on display like good lower body strength. Um, and, and he flashes, you know, he can snag a ball out of the hair if he has to. Uh, but, you know, so that all sounds good. But what if I just said, I said, you know, he's got good short area quickness. We're seeing him work well in tight space. Like, for me, you know, the uninspired word almost feels right because he's this great five-star prospect that we had really high hopes for. And you would like to be able to see him, you know, looking electric. And he looks good. He looks solid. Um, but he doesn't look like this, um, you know, game-changing prospect. I think mm-hmm. you have to attribute part of that to the overall Penn State offense being uninspired. Uh, that offense is clearly broken. Um, but you know, like you watch the Ohio State game, Katron Allen was the first was out there on the first series. So, uh, yeah. and and Katron Allen is good, um, and they're they're meant to be a split backfield. But like, I don't know. But Katron like, Allen's more efficient with his touches in the same offense. Yeah, efficient. So, he's uh, yeah, 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 he is. So it's like, it, I, it's it's hard because I'm not worried about him, but I'm almost worried about him because I'm not worried. Is that my? We're going yeah. deep here. <laughs> Yeah, and I talked I talked a good bit about him on last week's Debbie Big Board with Skip. So you can go back and listen to that. I'm not gonna like rehash all the stats that I dropped, but he is uh really, really inefficient as a runner with his touches, um, just from a metric standpoint. And you know, I'm a film guy first and foremost, but if you're not efficient in college, that doesn't bode well. And I think sometimes we can hang on to these guys with the five-star pedigree for too long. And there were so many cell windows, for example, on a guy like Zach Evans. If you'd have really taken the time to dive oh, into the film, Oh, don't do that. Sorry, Matt Hicks. <laughs> don't do that to poor Nick Singleton. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, sometimes we cling to, well, he was a five-star, he was a five-star, he was a five-star, he was the RB1 in his class. And, you know, you got to watch the games. And at some point, you got to adjust. Even, like, last week, I was doing a Debbie mock, and he went 103. Like that's yeah. really, really expensive for a guy that we're having this conversation about. So I think you've got to get into the film. Helping, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just no, going to say, like, I think the thing that's helping Singleton at this point is like Judkins got off to a really slow start. Like Etienne mm-hmm. has looked solid. Hampton has looked solid, right? Gatron Allen, Damian Martin. Like there's no other running back that's other than Quinchon Judkins that's like burying Singleton. So I think that's what's keeping him afloat relative to his class, but that's only going to get you so far. Right. Yeah. It's looking like a rough class. I mean, you could say the same thing about quarterback in the 2025 class. So anyway, yeah, let's um, let's move on here. We're basically at time. So we'll save the next couple of questions for future shows. Me and skip. will try to get to the rest of this listener mailbag. Uh, but we'll get we'll get you guys out of here. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you're using. Make sure you're subscribed so that you never miss any of the RBB action. Again, this is Matt Hicks and Matt Cooper. Thanks so much for listening to the Debbie Big Board.